0: Today's episode of Outside the Rack is brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of the GymAware. In today's world of strength and conditioning, data collections become the utmost of importance, and that's exactly where GymAware separates itself from the competition. Because when we're sitting there and looking to collect data, what data are you actually collecting? And are the numbers you're looking at fitting into the exercises that you're utilizing? And even more so, are they going to answer the questions that you're looking for? Looking at different ways that you are moving the barbell through peak and mean, both velocity and power, is really what separates gym aware from the competition. Being able to understand what your ballistic exercises are doing separate to what your strength exercises are doing really allows you to program at a much more specific level for your athletes. So hop on over to kinetic.com.au to see what Evan and his team have in store for you today. The world of strength and conditioning is filled with some fantastic practitioners that are always searching for more. But more what? What are strength and conditioning coaches searching for to better their ability to prepare their athletes? Well, What about cutting-edge information, or a place where you can find different opinions from forward-thinking coaches on what you're doing, how you're doing, and try to get feedback to be better for your athletes? Or what about a place where you'll find like-minded coaches that can provide solid coaching advice and career development for you as you progress through your career as a strength and conditioning professional? Well, this is exactly why we built the Strength Coach Network. You'll have access to exclusive monthly content on top of the sensationally active forum that we have where you can communicate with coaches all over the world to find those answers that you're looking for to help you be a better practitioner for your athletes. So make sure you hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com/cvasps. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com/cvasps, and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the 55th episode of Outside the Rack, brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of Gym Aware. In this show, we're just going to try to dive a little deeper into the minds of the top practitioners in the world of world sport performance. Learn a little bit more about who they actually are and how they got to where they are today. Today, we are joined by the University of South Carolina's assistant strength and conditioning coach and PhD candidate. For now, for now, Keith Scruggs.
1: Keith, my man. How you hey, doing, coach? buddy? I'm almost done. I'm telling you, I, I got to finish editing. Editing. It's all the work's done. That's this is the hard part now. Is just word by word, line by line, but. That's life. Got to do it,
0: bro. It's the most tedious thing ever. I can tell you, like, from I can't imagine a dissertation, but going through like the manuals, and I'm not good at it. Like, I make mistakes. Yeah. There's definitely errors, and I'm human, so be it. But like, yeah, like I don't envy the time that you have to put into that. On top of having three teams right now, in a pandemic with restrictions that change every seven and a half minutes, and what we're doing
1: class as well, and having to keep my wife happy, and yeah. But uh, there's no excuses. I just got to find a way and just get it done. And with it being novel research that hasn't been published yet, especially in the athletic setting, I've got to make it as bulletproof as possible because there's going to be people trying to punch holes in it. And that's the tedious part.
0: Yeah, but that's what makes it fun too, bro, is being the person to be able to go in there and you know, just, just to learn and to figure it out and to start to drive some, drive some positive direction for the profession. Hopefully. Yeah, man. That's the whole objective.
1: No doubt. But listen, homie, before we get too far into this, who is Keith? Some days I'm still trying to figure that out, to be honest with you. Um I am a coach first and, and foremost as a as a in my career and as a profession. Uh, but before that I'm a husband and I'm a, a dog father. Uh, I've got two little puppies, rescue pups. Um, so I make sure I take care of my home life first, and then I take care of everything I need to do at work. Um, and then when it comes to that, I'm a coach first, researcher second, uh, instructor or uh, adjunct professor third, and, and just trying to be a positive person every day and try to be a positive influence to everyone I come across. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing between 70 and 120 people every day, depending on the day. And hopefully I, I at least give them some spark of positivity when I come across those people when they leave.
0: Love it, man. That's a lot on your plate, homie.
1: Yeah, it's life. Yeah, man. But I think
0: most people like us, though, like in this profession, like if you aren't that busy, we, we tend to not be good with time.
1: No, like during the the quarantine, the start of the pandemic, the first week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, I enjoyed it. I didn't set an alarm at, for 4 a.m. I woke up when I naturally woke up and I went to bed whenever I wanted to go to bed and I went and I went out in the yard. I got stuff done. I didn't care. But after about a week, not having that social interaction, and I can only imagine what our student athletes were going through when this is their life. They've been used to sports their entire life, and so have I. I started going crazy, stir crazy. Like, I just – I needed to talk to people. I never call people on the phone, and I just started calling up random people. Hey, man, I haven't talked to you in seven years. (laughs) But I just needed to talk to people.
0: Oh, man, I hear you. I hear you. And the structure helps with that as well.
1: Yeah. But, man, as a guy
0: who's, who's coaching, researching, teaching, I'm, I'm actually really intrigued to see what this is going to be because it's these, these epiphanies are, are really unique to each individual. So if you wouldn't mind for me, bud, describe a learning situation that brought about an epiphany in your career.
1: So I, I, when you, you sent me that, first question I wrote down was was that a learning experience for me or was it a learning experience for one of my athletes that I was responsible for Ooh. so i tried trying to come up with an answer that kind of tied both of those together so I think this covers both but the first time I was asked for career slash life advice from one of my athletes that was the epiphany for me that this is more than just squats and cleans and deadlifts and lunges and med ball throws and sprints and conditioning this is an opportunity to to help young people help figure out their life and and i mean i'm we're all trying to figure out life you're continually navigating through a bunch of other stuff and a bunch of bs but the the first moment that i had to actually help someone else do that that's when it clicked with me that this this is more than just sports. this is more than just strength conditioning this is this is more than a coach athlete relationship this is building a bond this is building a, an everlasting bond and I still have athletes from eight ten years ago that I talked to um it, so that was the epiphany for me that this is it's bigger than life it's it's outside the rack just like the name of this podcast it's perfect it's fitting
0: yeah man I dig that That's that's I think that those sort of like, I don't know, it wouldn't even be an aha. It's more just like of a head turning stop moment. Like those are when you really figure it out, you know?
1: Yeah, because what led to that path that they, they trusted me enough to ask me those questions or even like going into their senior year. Hey, can, can I use you as a reference for grad school or for a job? Like out of anybody that they know, why do they choose strength and conditioning coach what, what kind of bond have i created with them that they trust me to give them that kind of reference and you know that we're sometimes the most critical on them you show up a minute late you don't have your shoes tied you don't get to the to the cone or to the line but that's the kind of guidance and instruction that maybe they're missing other components of their life and we're not trying to be hard on people we're just trying to get them to achieve what they're capable of achieving. And I'm not asking for too much. And maybe that's what clicks in their mind is I am capable of more. I am capable of more as an athlete, as a student, as a person. Uh, so you, you don't really, I can't pinpoint where it happens, but sometime in that two to four years, it something clicks and it clicks with a lot of them. No doubt, man. No doubt about it.
0: Well, listen, brother, there's a guy who, again, We're going to change his first name, teaching, coaching, all over the place down there. I'm I'm fired up to to hear this because this is one, I've always been an inquisitive question asker. So if Keith could ask one question, he knows he's going to get the answer to it. What's that question going to be and why?
1: So this one is, this is kind of my side hobby. So when I'm not coaching, I'm not at home, spending time with my wife. I got some alone time. I look into maybe some weird stuff and people think it's weird, but, uh, so my question is what's the complete and detailed history of our universe? Because there's a lot of unknowns that we don't know about. Uh, and maybe I've been listening uh, to and reading and following Graham Hancock, uh, Robert shock, uh, Randall Carlson. Maybe I've been following their work a little too closely. I don't know. And a lot of people call them pseudoscientists because they're they're not fully recognized by the, the scientific world and archaeologists. Um, but that's what I started thinking of. Maybe that's kind of how strength conditioning is in our world too. We're kind of the the pseudo scientists because we're we're actually out here doing this stuff day to day. And especially those three gentlemen, they're not just regurgitating a textbook or what they learned in the classroom and and what the. Um, the current accepted models and theories are—they're questioning those things. They're going out and search for those answers, and they're trying to not rewrite history with their agenda, but rewrite history with things that are unknown and we are finally discovering or rediscovering. Um, so, uh, they bring up valid questions uh, that we should be asking and seeking answers for uh and i'm not discrediting the bible or anything like that or any other religious text uh, i just think there's a lot of truth or uh, hidden truth or things that are lost in translation uh that are within those texts or oral traditions uh, i, I want to know what happened prior to and after the younger drives period have you heard of that the, uh, for those that don't know, the Younger Dries period it, it happened roughly 12,800 years ago. Um, and it was a theory at first, uh, but now we're finding more and more evidence of, of massive flooding, uh, of heating of our structures. It was coming out of the last mini ice age. Um, we had some massive heating. What caused that? Now, well, I think it was 20 was it 2018 or 2019 they found uh, evidence using LIDAR of a large meteor that had crashed into Greenland. So if a large meteor crashes into Greenland and it's all covered in ice, it's gonna cause things to heat up and there's gonna be a lot of water melting into the oceans and the oceans are gonna rise. Uh, there's also the, the Carolina Bays. So there's there's evidence somewhere up around Michigan or just over the uh, Canadian border that, Possibly a meteor or something broke up coming into uh, our atmosphere, and either broke up and spread out there, or made impact hard enough and large enough to where it shot things out. And if you look at aerial images of uh, North and South Carolina and parts of Virginia and even parts of uh, Georgia, there's there's like potholes of where there's. There were impacts and they're all coming in at a certain angle and you can trace it back. It came from that area. So Either it broke up in the sky from that area or it made impact around that Michigan, uh, Canada area. We just haven't found evidence of a large impact crater at this point. I think that supports a lot of the flood myths that are present in uh, many of the uh, cultures from the Native Americans to Noah in the Bible, the Sumerian Gilgamesh text, and then that leads to the Babylonian stories, and then you have the Bagbag Gita in the Hindu culture. Um, uh, uh, That's, you know, and assuming that our current dating technology is accurate, we've we've discovered human, early human remains that are between 300 and 350,000 years old. So there's a lot that we don't know about ancient civilizations and possibly ancient advanced civilizations. And I'm not I'm not trying to dive into ancient aliens theories and stuff like that, and, uh, like History Channel, which I do watch that show quite frequently. Um, but there's just a lot that we don't know about. Uh, questions I have is like, who built the pyramids? And not just the ones in Egypt, but all around the world, because we've got pyramids in Egypt. we got pyramids in China and Bosnia and South America, and Mexico and others. Uh, and are there others that were destroyed uh, maybe through the flood or from other events that have happened throughout our history. Uh, why were they built and when were they built? Uh, there's still some debate on when the pyramids were built, whether that was three to 5,000 years ago and especially the Sphinx. Uh, the Sphinx has largely been covered uh, throughout its history uh, with, with sand, but now when they've uncovered it, there's evidence of water erosion. There hasn't been enough water to cause that kind of erosion for roughly twelve thousand eight hundred years so was it built before three to five thousand years ago was it present during the younger drys period and we had flooding come through there i don't know a lot of unanswered questions uh was atlantis real uh and, and you know it's a mythical area and i i got into atlantis when i was a kid i just thought it was you know it was a mythical place it was kind of crazy uh, but Plato said that it existed roughly 9,000 years before his time, which puts this at about that 12,800 years ago. So there's, there's too many things that are lining up to around this period that we don't know. But then what happened the other 300,000 years before that? And we have evidence of early human civilizations and uh, early, early humans, at least, not necessarily their civilization, but early humans were present. And walking around on earth what was going on um so yeah i don't know there's this i want to know the history of our universe did human life or uh, human like extraterrestrials visit or inhabit earth did they escape another planet was mars previously habitable was our moon previously habitable and then they had to escape something and they came here and that's where we had you know, some interbreeding just like we did with Uh, early hominids and everything else I I don't know did uh, I don't know we could go down this rabbit hole all day Uh, but in short yeah I want to know the complete and detailed history of our universe and I think that would answer a lot of our current questions and problems that we have today
0: bro that's unbelievable and I'll tell you this that literally would have been the last thing I would have guessed Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I got a bald head and a beard. No, but like, it's like, not just because it's different, but because how you can tie it back into like what we do in a way. Like I think
1: that's red. And that's what I, when I teach my class, like I'll sometimes give readings or, you know, I'll have article reviews and it'll be something that is totally perceivably unrelated and I'll have my, my students question, them, why are we reading this? This has nothing to do with physiology or biomechanics or sports or anything else. I'm like, I want you to read it and I want you to reflect on it and find a way that this ties into what you do or what you want to do. Because reading into stocks, I can find something that's gonna apply. And that's the last time we talked, that's what led to one of my questions in my dissertation is, we look at volatility in the, in the stocks, and we look at you know uh, how stable are they, or are they a boomer bust type of stock? But we're not looking at that in strength conditioning or athletic training or sports medicine. We're we're looking at peaks and or best and averages, and not looking at variability. I want to see consistency, and we always say it. We say these things: consistency, consistency is key. Why don't we track it? Why don't we look into it? But the same thing: looking at history if you don't know history is bound to repeat itself and climate change is another big topic right now what's happened in our history that has led to massive changes in climate and the younger dries period is a massive change in climate and it's been relatively stable since then and we've had humans on earth not to our level and using machinery and everything else and, and having the greenhouse gases but What happened that led to changes in their civilizations and their, their lifestyle and their cultures. And those are the questions we need to ask and look into. Are there things that we can prevent? Are there things that we can plan for? And that's life and that strength and conditioning.
0: Facts, man. I love that. I love that. Well, listen, brother, let me get you out of here on this one. I mean, it's coaching, teaching PhD work. Got to find time for to get back to zero, buddy. What's
1: Keith's escape? I've got two. And again, they tie back into life. My first one is yard work landscaping around the house. And the reason I like that, because there's nothing like seeing the final product of something you helped create. I, I didn't, I didn't grow the trees. I didn't grow the grass. I'm not giving it the sunlight. That's all stuff that's natural. Um, I do water to the grass with irrigation system, but yeah, I help create it. But when you shake things up and you can sit back and reflect and see the final product, it's very appealing, it's very, it's very pleasing. Because especially in coaching, I feel like we never fully see the final product. We help create stuff throughout their four years here, uh, five years sometimes. But you know that they're capable of more, especially the ones that go on and play professionally and they hit another level. But you help create that so to actually sit back and see something that you've worked hard on and having instant gratification of seeing the results. That's it, same thing with life. We're never fully matured. So we never fully see the final product in front of our in front of our eyes. But yeah, landscaping, yard work. Then my second one is golf, because there's nothing like a friendly reminder to remain humble.
0: <laughs> no
1: doubt. Yep. And that's it. Landscaping Dude. golf, man.
0: And both will humble you, man. Like, you do all that work, and then you walk out, and it's like all of a sudden there's a clover or there's something, and it's just like, man. I
1: got mushrooms popping up.
0: Yesterday, everywhere. Dude, I got I,
1: that everywhere, too. I'm like, where is this coming from? I left for work. The night before, I walked my dogs, and I I checked that one area that I always have mushrooms. Didn't see a single one. Left the next morning, gave it a glance. It's dark. I, I didn't see anything. By the time I got home, now granted that was 14 hours later, I had six mushrooms pop up. It's crazy.
0: They explode. They're just like, they come from nowhere, and all of a sudden it's just like, they're like, and I don't know what it is, and it started... When that hurricane came up the, the coast, yeah, I don't know what was in that water. Uh, just saying, like, I mean, I'm not trying to gross nobody out here, but, like, those things don't come from nowhere. Like, they grow off stuff. Yep.
1: It's like, where, like, I'm with you, they man. Only in, they only grow in uh, – it's kind of a sign that you have a healthy yard or healthy soil because they only grow in healthy soil. So if it's too acidic then they won't grow, so it's a good sign that the soil is, is good for growth, but at the same time, yeah, I got to pick those things up every day.
0: Yeah, pass. <laughs> pass. Well, listen, brother, as always, great to see you, great to catch up, glad you're
1: doing well, fired up. You a know, last shout out to my man, Rick Flair, here.
0: Yeah, man.
1: Oh, yeah. If you need one of these, RicFlair.com, RicFlairShop.com.
0: Keith's gonna get a nickel every time they buy one, but no, man, I'm fired up for this next month and you being able to change that first name, brother, because yep. uh, that's a lot of work and a lot of effort and a lot of time, and I'm I'm glad you're finally getting to see the fruits of your labor. Yeah. So
1: the crazy part of that is I was the first one in my family on either side to graduate with a bachelor's degree, and now I'll be graduating with a PhD, and I'm I, just like history. I'm trying to I'm trying to change my family's my family tree.
0: Good for you, brother. Good oh. for you. Keith, as always, man, awesome to see you. Thanks so much for your time. Cheers, brother.